0: Hey guys, thanks for coming back here to follow the puck and our podcast that we have been putting out since last spring. And I'm sure most of you know, but the state of Minnesota has actually shut down all youth and high school sports until December 18th. And we are going to still continue to release the podcast with the coaches that we have been doing just to help pass the time and until we can get back out on the ice. And In today's episode, we're actually heading down to Mankato again, and we caught up with the head coach for Mankato West, and he just talks about his program, how he ended up at that school, uh, his returning players, people to watch. And keep in mind, this is recorded prior to Hockey Day being canceled or postponed, and whatnot, but we just left everything alone just to help preserve the authenticity of the podcast. And this episode is actually brought to you by a new sponsor of ours, and that's Play It Against Sports in Mankato. And we're a huge proponent of using your local sporting goods retailer. They're a big part of every small community and much needed for us outstate uh, hockey programs. And they are wishing the Scarlets the best of luck this year and would like to give them a big thanks for all the business that they have done over the years. And you can head to their website, playitagainstsportsmankato.com for the hours and directions and what they have to offer there. And we are going to get right into this podcast here with Curtis and stay tuned for more here from Follow the Puck.
1: Anytime we can get a a little bit of information out there about our players is always good, I think so.
2: So to start, let's just jump right in. And I mean, it looks like last year you guys had a overall had a pretty good regular season heading into playoffs. And obviously the playoffs you, you, you and Mankato East where it went to the section finals. What was that experience like for the boys?
1: It was pretty exciting. You know, for the first time we actually got both programs from Mankato involved in the final. It's kind of been a, a goal of Adam and I's since, well, since I started. And when he eventually became a coach, we said it, you know, it'd be nice to have Mankato in the section final or one of us in the section final every year. And it finally happened. Uh, unfortunately, the the other side won. Uh, but it was a
2: great experience, nonetheless. So I would imagine you guys share... A home arena, correct?
1: Yep. Yeah, it makes for it actually works out pretty good. Um, just with the fact we got two girls teams, two boys teams. Well, technically four boys teams if you throw in the JV programs as well. But um, it it works out pretty good. Someone usually has to skate in the mornings. Um, with Adam's work schedule, he usually works. Does the later practices um, in the evenings, and you know, we get some nights it's kind of hectic around our arena when we got a varsity game at 5:30, a varsity game at eight, and the arena doesn't have the best parking lots, so to speak. So, uh, it can get pretty crazy in our arena, but it's a great atmosphere when we got a East game and then followed up by a West game, or vice versa, because. A lot of those parents, they're hockey parents. They stick around. They stay to watch both games, and it makes for an exciting evening of hockey.
2: How is the is the youth program in Mankato, is it combined, and then they split off when they get to the JV level, or how do you guys have that set up?
1: Yep, it's combined all the way up through Bantams, uh, and then once the kids move to the high school level, that's when they'll split. Um, it's it's tough, I think, to, you know, have one single-A program provide enough players for two high school teams. Um, I know Rochester's kind of gone through the same thing where they have to split off for four programs. Um, it makes it, you know, it does make it a little difficult, uh, but at least, you know, we're still a single-A program. Um we're not a double A program. I think it would be a lot more difficult if either school was double A, uh, just to compete at that level with the number of players that we do have. Uh, I know our Bantam program last year had four teams, but we only had one uh, A level, two B levels, and I think there was one C. So, you know, your, your talent level may not be as strong for both sides, One year, East might get more players off the Bantam A. I might get more players off the Bantam B's. You know, it just depends kind of on year by year basis. And it's always been that way since I've been here. Last year was my 20th season coaching. And I think we've gone, I've gone through three or four cycles of where majority of kids go to East, majority of kids go to West. You know, you kind of plan your program from, you know, almost. I would say probably from squirts up, you start looking at. Okay, here's what I'm going to get in six, seven years. So you got to look in the future, obviously, when you're you're planning your program and uh, moving forward. But you know, people do move, uh, so you don't want to plan too much. <laughs> you can yeah. get your hopes up because uh, we did have a couple kids in the past where parents moved out of town; they got a different job and you know, maybe a spot I was willing, hoping to fill at left wing on my second line disappeared, so.
2: Sure, so how is that, uh, what what process do you use, or do you let the kids decide if they're going to go to the east or west, or what's that, what's the guidelines?
1: Uh, the guidelines basically is where, you know, most of them have, just, you know, they parents live on the east side, so they all go to the east schools uh from you know growing up uh but the main decision is what school they're in ninth grade um i personally am not a big fan of and i know adam's never done it to me where we've gone recruiting kids from the other side of town Um, i think in such a small community as mankato if we start recruiting hey come to the east side we're going to be better this year you're going to just start burning bridges and it's not going to be a friendly relationship where i think it has to be uh because we share an arena a lot of times we're you know bouncing ideas off each other looking at different things trying to help each other when you know if he's got a good program and I've played a team that he maybe hasn't played the first person we call as each other. So um, it's been, you know, pretty successful. Uh, I think the way we've had it running, it would be nice to have, you know, maybe two BANAMAs, two BWAs. But I just don't think our numbers really will allow for it right now.
2: Yeah, it does probably benefit both you to... Have that relationship versus, like you said, stealing or recruiting, or I mean, that would get that would just do harm to the whole entire program. So, yeah, it's and
1: it, you know when Adam first started in town, he was a Bantam A coach. Um, so he worked. I worked a lot with him because during that time, I had a lot of my players were in the Bantam program. Um, so that's when I went. You know, I worked a lot with him as far as. Hey, do you mind trying this in a pro like a power play with these kids? And he would, you know, he would do certain things. So I've we've had a working relationship longer than he's been in high school. And, um, you know, now his little kids are starting to play. So he's down at the youth level as well. So I've never had kids involved. Um, I basically moved to town, um, started as an investment broker and, basically that was secondary compared to coaching hockey that was my that's my lifelong thing is the game and when we moved here I tried getting on with MSU but they didn't have room as a graduate assistant so I went to the west side and I've been here ever since
2: well and that's kind of how coaching is you don't you know it's just what you're passionate about and you want to Offer that, offer that to the community. That's a big, big time commitment for any coach.
1: Yeah. Obviously, if you don't love it, uh, it would become a job.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's
1: just, it's second nature. My, I've raised two girls. uh, One's 15, one's 18. One was a manager for three years with me while she was in high school. And you know, they, my family, it's just been part of our lifestyle. It's been, you know, my kids understand it. They love it. They, well, I shouldn't say they love it because dad knows every boy in the high school. So, uh,
2: <laughs> you <laughs> know which one to stay away
1: that. from. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, my, my one daughter dates a, a guy from St. Peter and my other daughter dates a guy from East, so they know that <laughs> they don't date from west
2: too much. So
1: uh, <laughs> I love it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but
1: it's you know it's been part of our lifestyle, and I my, met my wife while I was playing, and she has understood that this is you know just what I've grown up doing, and it's been part of our family. The families that you know, ho- you know, how hockey families are they you know they'll take in your wife, they take in your kids. They have baby showers. They have, you know, the community is just growing around us that I don't think I could have had a better way of raising my kids for 18-plus years.
2: And you can kind of see that that's what makes Minnesota hockey unique is is that exact experience and our atmosphere. You know, just look at what the state attorney draws every year, and it's, it's truly unique to Minnesota.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, I, I bring it up, like, with the couple teams that we've actually been lucky enough to go to state or, you know, get close to going to a state tournament is I've played at every level other than the NHL. I've played in front of 20,000 fans, but I have never experienced anything like a state tournament uh, in all those years. And you see the, the guys that play in the NHL and talking about the state tournament in Minnesota and how that's one of their biggest memories of their lives is playing in front of all their peers and their friends and their family. And it's just a great experience to be there and to, you know, you feel like a pro for that week. You know, everybody, you walk around with your team jacket on, and, hey, that guy plays for West or, hey, that guy plays for, you know, St. Thomas. Or, you know, but yeah, they're, he's like the leading scorer in uh, the school history. Or, you know, they know these stats of these kids that are – 16, 17 years old and it's just crazy to me but you know it's a great experience and i don't believe i've seen any other state tournament other than maybe like texas football that is similar or brings quite the same crowd
2: yeah i would equate it to a similar texas football situation and it, it is back to the back to the experience you know of all the of all the state tourney players that we've communicated with over the years, if you ask them, what, what's the one thing that you remember from, you know, going down to the X, and it's always been the locker room, the atmosphere. It's, you know, winning, winning. of course, is fun, but the lasting effect is, is the teammates and the guys in the locker room and just, just that experience of being there with your team.
1: <laughs> I remember... you talk about the locker room the last time we went uh, in 2016, which we had just came off a couple seasons where we had probably one of the most skilled teams we've had Um, and we just couldn't get there. And all of a sudden in 2016, we end up making it by beating New Prague by one, nothing score. And it was just like Oh my God! We're going to a state tournament. I never would have expected it, and we get up there, and it was the the year uh, Barry Melrose ESPN was doing the story on the All Hockey Hair Team.
2: Oh yeah! But well, you would
1: have you would have thought we were in a hair salon when I walked through the locker room, and the amount of products that were flying in the air and. I'm like, oh, my God, how are we going to get these kids settled in and get them to play a hockey game? They're worried about their hair rigged <laughs> and, out. And I was like, you know what? They're going to play just fine. You know, they'll, they're so excited. Their adrenaline's going to be rushing. They'll get to do their hair thing, and then they'll settle in. Well, we ended up losing 8-0 to uh, – I can't even remember who it was now. Um, and I was like – yeah, we were definitely outmatched, but I think we could have done a little bit better if we would have just not done the whole hair theme thing. But, you know, the experience they had, uh, they were featured. One of our players was like made the all hockey hair team. Uh, kids still remember him as they, Hey, you're Willie, that guy on the all hockey hair team. And it's like, that's going to go further than them winning that one hockey game. Uh, and that's just what it's about. You know, it's, about making memories and remembering those things and people remembering you and it might not be for the goal you scored it might just be for your hair toss.
2: <laughs> yeah and that's the way it is you're 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 spot on with that because I mean everybody looks forward to that hockey hair video that comes out and that I mean they talk about it all the time my kids are young yet and they they want to find all the all the videos the hockey hair videos on YouTube and watch every single one of them and they know which kids are I mean it's crazy yeah
1: it's unbe- like and the, some of the kids that get the
2: you know they got the full beards
1: but they dye the beard or they got the lines in their hair and you know it's it's amazing to see but it it's Minnesota it's Minnesota yeah. hockey and it's it's what it is and not growing up in the States and growing up in Canada. And then when I come down here in college and I watched my first high school hockey tournament, and I think it was Duluth East with, um, I think it was the year, oh, I can't even remember. It was the year after Speehar had his hat-trick every game type thing. Yeah, um, But I couldn't believe the atmosphere and the culture and just how, these teenage kids are treated like so famous and so, you know, it, it didn't happen like that back home in Canada. You were 16 years old playing AAA midget. Mom and dad and grandma and grandpa came and watched you play. Not a whole school. <laughs> so, sure. No, it's it's been great. Um, high school hockey to me has been amazing. Um, I think with our community now, hopefully getting the outdoor game, uh, if we do get to see a season uh, of high school hockey, um, it'll be amazing if we get to play that game. Because um, we've, you know, as a community, we, we've we never really had an opportunity to showcase our community as hockey um, on that kind of stage, I don't think. You know, MSU has, the Mavericks have done a great job of Bringing notoriety to Mankato, uh, but I don't think as a youth community we've had that opportunity to show off what we have uh, as far as numbers and a crowd and fans and how committed our community is to the sport. Um, so hopefully we get that uh, Hockey Day Minnesota and we get to play it. But um, obviously, I'm. It'd be nice just to get a, a winter hockey season into.
2: Yeah, there's a lot up in the air, and I I kind of wonder if it it'll depend on how the uh, NHL season finale goes here in the next couple months. If things go off okay, then does that lead into you know lead in lead into the Minnesota high school scene and or what's going to go on?
1: Yeah, I have yeah. A, a couple kids that are playing college hockey that helped me with some of my camps, and I've even connected with them. And I'm like, so when are you going back? And they don't really have an answer um, because everything's kind of up in the air. And I think you're right with the the NHL the, just to see what happens there. Like, how many is it going to increase the amount of cases? It's are guys going to get sick or you know? And obviously they're not going to have fans, but still, I they're they're playing, they're contact, they're banging bodies, they're sweating on each other, they're you know, it's, it's going to be a unique situation. And even with our, our summer camps, it's been unique where, you know, trying to keep little kids six feet apart. uh, They're just excited to get on the ice and skate.
2: Like herding cats, I would imagine.
1: (laughs) But (laughs) I I have to say, I I came off the ice one day and there was a group of my kids. um, Darren Blue, uh, one of the assistant coaches at MSU, uh, his little boy was out there and just watching him skate and see the smile on these little kids faces just for the first time being on the ice and since February or March and how happy they were and, you know, just sliding on the ice, shooting pucks randomly, just, it was, it made you realize why you played the game again just for that excitement, for that ability to just be free and go out and forget about everything else in your life for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, and just to play a great sport for that amount of time and not have to worry about, oh, mom said I had to pick up my toys or I have to get my homework done or my girlfriend broke up with me. You know, it's it's that time on the ice that you get to be with your friends, your your buddies, or just be alone in your own little world at times, too.
2: And it brings a sense of normalcy to, you know, to to an otherwise chaotic or crazy world right now, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it does. It really, and the, that's part of the reason we really wanted to at least get some sort of camps going for the kids, um, you know, just to get them out in the rink, the ability to get away from, you know, maybe their siblings for a few hours or, uh, I know it's not ideal showing up at the rink, getting dressed in a parking lot or walking in with your skate guards on, but at least you still get to play. Uh, so, and you're not stuck in your house or you're not stuck in your own yard, just with your family, kind of see your buddies for an hour and, Hey, how, how's your summer? Or what have you been up to? And, you know, I had a kid yesterday who was so excited. His family had just bought a boat. He went tubing for the first time over the weekend. and He could not stop talking. He, like, doing the drill is just about doing, going on the tube. And I'm like, whatever, just don't worry about doing the drill right now. Let's talk about your tubing. because You're not doing it <laughs> that's, right. That's,
2: that's obviously most important in his life at that moment. <laughs> yeah, it was so great to <laughs> you
1: know it's it just being able to share those moments with kids and it just makes you feel so much better in your own life i feel jealous sometimes because other people don't get that where these kids will tell you stuff that maybe they won't tell a mother or a father and how happy they were because they just expect mom and dad to know that they're happy but i get to know like i can go and the kids just smiles and gleams and is happy as can be. And he's been sharing this stuff with me and he's just, and mom and dad probably have no idea that he was that excited to do that. So it's kind of unique as a coach to get those things said to you and told to you. And then on the other side, you get some of that negative stuff as a coach that maybe the parents don't know about too, but you still get to be, excuse me, that, that go-to and that person that can maybe help the kid, uh, turn things around, or um, I've had kids in the past that, you know, maybe weren't the best readers in school, and I got a plethora of biographies of hockey player books and stuff, and I'll loan them out, or if I get them back, I get them back. If not, as long as they're reading or doing something to better themselves, I'm happy. So it's been – it's one experience that I don't think I'll ever – ever um truly understand how much how much it means to my, me myself but also to the kids that I've coached as well
2: and that exact reason is why I see it even in my own kids what when they're playing sports and I typically will volunteer to help coach and whatever but I I like when they can have that experience with someone else because they may be more open to sharing stuff that they wouldn't with mom or dad. Yeah. Yeah. I know with my own girls, I've,
1: you know, I stood on the sidelines for a soccer coach or, you know, I recall one practice I was coaching a bunch of my daughters. I think they were probably 12 year old girls soccer team. And I went to do a side stretch and my shorts got stuck on my knee because they're too long. And all of a sudden, I hear this rip, and I'm like, oh, no, I just ripped my shorts.
2: <laughs>
1: and, and to this day, I'm walking down a high school hallway working at West. And, hey, Curtis, Mr. Dole, you remember the rip the pants stretch? So the kids, even today, they're over, I guess, my daughter who was telling me, and she's like, yeah, Dad, had all those girls on that team because uh, they're playing on the east side. They're like, yeah, they call it the rip-the-pants stretch on the east side. I'm like, oh, great.
2: <laughs>
1: the world-renowned rip-your-pants stretch. But
2: <laughs> That's but it,
1: awesome. Just, I didn't think it would stick, but, oh, boy, it sure did for a good 10, ten years.
2: Well, and and that's where you never know what kind of uh, impression you're leaving on these kids. So Yeah, yeah that's quite uh, the impression. <laughs> I yes, that. it is. Oh, that's pretty good. Have you finalized your schedule for next season yet, or have you are you still working on that? Or yeah,
1: we should be. Um, it's pretty similar to last year. I think the only change is um, we are not going to be going to. I don't think we're going to Alexandria. Um, I think we. I think we dropped that one, and I think we're adding New allm, I believe, for the first time, I'm hoping, in years.
2: Uh, okay. We
1: haven't been able that, to play them for a long time. Yeah, that
2: should be a good game. they, they got a pretty solid team, typically. So,
1: Yeah, and I know uh, Ryan Newman down there We've become pretty good friends over the years. Um, okay. And we go there for scrimmages in the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've coached a lot of those kids through summer camps, and, you know, it's kind of fun to play against kids, you know. Um, and a lot of our kids are friends with them. The rivalry's still there, but I don't think the the community rivalry is the way it was, where, you know, we used to need a police escort on a new home, where we needed one
2: of them. <laughs> and, you know, but, I love uh, it.
1: <laughs> so it's, it's hopefully that side of things would be mellow as far as those go. But, you know, you never know. Communities do have a long history of of hate and competitiveness. But that's, I think, with the way sports are now, where everybody's kind of playing with everybody as far as on summer programs and uh, traveling baseball or, you know, fall ball or whatever it might be that they're, you know, they've become so, and social media doesn't, they all know each other. They just go on Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat and they know everybody's lifestyle
2: basically. so Yeah. It's pretty easy to keep tabs on your your buddies or wherever. It's yeah. Pretty interesting. So who are some of the players on your team we should – keep an eye on for next season, returners? Uh, Well, uh,
1: start from the back end. I guess we got our goaltender, Caleb Cross, who uh, last year he played every single minute for us, except for one period uh, in a third period against century, where I basically, we just were not playing well. And I gave him the third period off because I just, he didn't need to be shelled anymore, uh, so to speak. And, that was the only period off that he got the whole season. So he'll be a big part of our, our success. Um, obviously he's a big kid. Uh, I don't even know what he's at now. He seems to be like growing an inch a day for us this summer, but um, very competitive works his butt off. Um, we were going to lose a, a defenseman and Nate Loft, whose older brother Kyle plays for Bemidji. So, That'll open up some minutes for some new guys to step in because I think uh, him and White folds, who's the returning, probably played the better part of two periods of the game. Um, so you got White folds on the back end. Um, you know we'll have Hunter Mike'sner and Nicholas Lundberg are returning, but they, you know, didn't play the big minutes that uh, Nate White have. And, So they're going to have to rely on them a little more. And then up front, uh, Brandon Swenson, uh, senior captain, has been the captain for us for two years. Uh, Been with us since ninth grade. Feisty little guy. uh, I think last year struggled at times putting the puck in the net, uh, but we're going to need him to score a majority of our goals. Um, He'll have some guys to play with. Ethan Fox and Gavin Brunmeyer. Couple bigger wingers, so to speak, centermen, Um, and then uh, for the most part, we, you know, uh, will be a pretty young hockey program again. Um, For the, I would say, majority of, we'll have a few seniors, uh, mostly juniors. Um, Hopefully, uh, we can get back to that section final. And maybe this time take care of East, uh, who I believe is probably one of the favorites, Um, along with, I believe, in our section, Faribault is going to be pretty good next year with uh, Dean Weasler, the head coach over there, who played at St. Cloud State as a goaltender. And lo and behold, he's got a bad-of-age goalie coming up uh, in his son. Uh, so
2: <laughs> oh, shocking. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: From what I've seen in, uh, in games that I've watched or practices that I've seen them in, and uh, it's not going to be easy to come by to score goals against them as well. So,
2: um, Well, yeah, that's, that's when you get into playoffs, a good goalie can deal you a lot of games, so it'll be fun to watch.
1: Yeah. You know, I think of, years back when we ran in that we had that very highly skilled team and we were playing New Prague in the section final and I remember looking over at the bench and Chris Lonkey was you know, hands on his head as we're just peppering him but this goalie would just not give up anything and we couldn't score by him We and you know what they went on and I think they finished third place in the state tournament that year um, and that goalie just was on fire that whole section rounds and all the way through the state tournament. So you get behind a hot goalie and you can go a long way.
2: And that's what makes hockey so fun is you never, never know who's going to come out of there.
1: Well, that's what I'm, you know, with these NHL playoffs is you get a hot goalie right away and, you could be an underdog team and all of a sudden you're going to be sitting in the Stanley cup playoffs cause it's a short run. So should yeah. be some good NHL hockey too. Hopefully it can, it can last. Uh, it'll be interesting to see a hockey game without fans, but yeah, it, it, not, it'll
2: be fun to uh, follow. Well, I'll let you get going with your uh, day here. I appreciate the time that you took and awesome.
1: Well, I thank you for you know thinking of us out here and, Appreciate any time we can get out there and, you know, get our voices heard a little bit. And it helps not only for our program, but also our players, because, you know, they don't always come down to Mankato. Scouts don't really, you know, normally just get down here. And so this might help a little bit grow our amount of players we can get at that next level as well.
2: Yeah, I, I hope so. We'll do what we can on this end. And best of luck next season. And hopefully we see you guys in, in Easton Hockey Day, Minnesota. That would be fun experience for that community. Sounds good. Thank you very much.
0: And once again, that was Mankato West head coach Curtis Dole. And thanks, Curtis, for the time and the preview of your upcoming team. Hopefully we get back to the ice soon and can see the boys play the games. And this podcast was brought to you by Play It Again Sports, located in Mankato. They're a longtime supporter of the Mankato athletic programs. And like we said before, we're a huge proponent of using your small town, local sporting goods store. They're a big part of the community and support athletics in any way that they can. So feel free to stop in and see what they have to offer. And we will be releasing more podcasts here as the season hopefully gets closer so stay tuned for more here from Bob